0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Ask the Vet. Um, This is the third Thursday of every month, just in case you're super excited to listen and you want to hear us every time we're on. But uh, Ask the Vet is on the third Thursday of every month. Um, My name is Beth Broom, and I'm the host of today's show. And in the studio with me is Dr. Melissa Gislison. Hello. Hi. Hi. You work at uh, Alpine Animal Hospital, correct? Yes. Wonderful. Um, So... Today I feel like is a good day. You know, I was looking at what there's always these holidays. There's like a holiday for everything. It's like a Love Your Guinea Pig Day, and and there's like a you know, I don't know. There's a holiday for everything. There is. There's like a manatee holiday, which happens to be one of my favorites.
1: National Dog Biscuit Dog Biscu-
0: Biscuit Day is coming up, and get ready, get ready, get get your cooking things ready. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of houses smelling like beef or chicken peanut butter. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. better. You know, butter would be better. Yeah, I was thinking more like protein. Um, they like that too. <laughs> they do. But it seemed like there was a theme and then the uh, holidays this week and this month is sort of wellness, prevention, um, kind of that theme. Do
1: you, yep. know, do you notice that? Yeah, February is actually Responsible Pet Ownership
0: Month. Which I feel like could encompass so many things. Lots. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about, but I just want to remind everyone, this is a call-in show. So we'll be here with Dr. Gislison in the studio. Feel free to give us a call and, um, ask any animal related questions you might have for her. It doesn't have to be about responsible pet ownership. It can be about anything. Um, the number here is 963-2976. I mean, animal. Animals would be good. Yeah. We'll stick with that. Um, so when we talk about responsible pet ownership, I think we should start with, and I know some of these topics we've discussed previously in the show, but maybe, you know, getting a dog, getting a cat, and what how prepared you should be prior to um, purchasing, adopting, whatever, an animal. Is there anything that people should look at prior to getting a new pet?
1: Uh yeah definitely. Um lifestyle is a huge one. Um it's not going to be a small thing that comes into your house and doesn't impact your way of being. So um you want something that's going to match your current lifestyle. Mm-hmm. If you are are Looking for a cat? Do you, I mean, are you going to be leaving frequently? Do you travel a lot where they're going to need somebody coming in and taking care of them for long periods of time? Or if you're looking for a dog, do you want a running partner? Do you want a hiking partner? Do you want a couch potato? Mm-hmm. Um, somebody mm-hmm. who's just going to snuggle up in bed with you? Um, mm-hmm. Those types of personalities um, and characteristics and different breeds really can impact what breed or what animal you should be looking at in general.
0: Right. And then, I mean, mean, it's probably uh, good to say that maybe age as well, when you're thinking about not only just the type of dog or cat, but how old they are is going to determine likely how much additional work they might be. 100%. Yeah. So you can get a cat that's old and chill and you could leave it for two nights with a lot of food and water where a kitten is going to be a different story. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Got you.
1: Puppy is... Well, sometimes puppies are a lot more work than adult dogs, but every dog can come with their own set of issues that need to be worked with, too.
0: That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think to be also saying that you can, I don't think there's a, you know, you you people, a lot of people want to get a puppy to say they have a clean slate and set it up for success, but I don't think there's a guarantee in anything. There is not. No. Nope. So just remind everyone, call and ben show. if
1: something screwed up, it's on you. <laughs>
0: exactly. That is true. We know who to blame. We know who to blame. Um, this is a call and show for Dr. Gislison in the studio today. Any questions uh, animal related, give us a call, 963-2976. OK, so animal selection, that's uh, a good one. And then let's talk about what the average dog needs sort of to be a good pet owner. How often do you need to get your dog into the doctor? I mean, particularly, let's start with the the average healthy young adult. So average
1: healthy young adult, we want to see them once a year. Okay. Um, just like when humans go to the doctor, we want that annual physical. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really looking for any subtle changes that, you know, you may not pick up just being with them at home. Um, we're looking at their teeth. We're checking their ears, eyes. Feeling everything, making sure there's no new lumps or bumps, Um, Mm -hmm. checking their joints, range of motion. Um, Did everything develop the way that it was supposed to? Are we starting to see any early signs of possible pain? Mm -hmm. Um, Feeling their abdomen, making sure everything is nice and soft and feels normal. Um, Again, more of this comes into play a lot of times for older dogs. Sure. Um, But young dogs can pop up with weird things.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, I feel like you do occasionally pick up something surprising for the the young dog that the client didn't know about. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, sometimes, you know, you bring your dog in and... You casually mentioned that you know sometimes when they're out running, they occasionally lift their leg to mm-hmm. limp, um, mm-hmm. but it goes away very quickly. But that can be a sign that their patellas are actually or their kneecaps are popping in and out, right? Um, which can lead to arthritis, right? Um, so those are things that we want to know about, and those are what we're that's what we're screening for with those exams,
0: right? Because what do they say? An ounce of prevention is what's that saying? Worth the something? I don't know. And how's of the prevention. I don't know. We're going for prevention here because if we can get it at a time, we can make a difference. 100 With 100%. a lot of problems, right? Yep, exactly. So, yeah. And I mean, and that speaks to not only physical but mental wellness as well. So if there's a behavior problem that you're noticing with your dog that's affecting your quality of life with them or their quality of life in general, definitely also something to talk to your veterinarian about. 100%. Right, because you can make recommendations and catch a problem before it becomes a major issue.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of these behavior problems, when they get started, there's something mild and we think, oh, it's cute. They miss me or yeah. things like that. But that can turn into a major problem. Mm-hmm. If a separation anxiety becomes a dog that's destroying your house or destroying your carpet or your furniture, that can be
0: a dog that gets relinquished. And yep. that's what we don't want. We want them to have happy, healthy relationships. And I do think that people forget that the veterinarian is the, f- uh, or the vet office is the, probably the first line of defense. There, if you can talk to the doctor, they can give you some good recommendations on who, whom, is available to help you that they feel is responsible. Yeah, which um, you know is, is important. Definitely. So, just a reminder, Doctor Gislison in the studio today. Just give us a call uh, if you have any animal-related questions. Nine six three two nine seven six. So. You know, I I think that's good. And I, I feel like we get a lot of cats that don't come in until they become old. Um, and I think that that's probably a, a, you know, a lot of people say, oh, my cat, he's fine. He doesn't like to travel. What's the need to get a cat in, a young cat? Is it the same need as a dog?
1: Yep, definitely. Same need. Cats are so much better at hiding when they don't feel good mm-hmm. than dogs are. Mm-hmm. Um, they are far more stoic and they are far less apt to show any type of clinical sign. So, mm-hmm. again, we're looking for subtle changes on physical exams that can be a key to a bigger problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, dental disease is a big one with kitties that they can develop at young ages. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of do a weird thing where they can start to break down their own teeth. Um, so that's that's a big thing that we're looking for in any cat. Um, heart disease is something with kitties that can very easily go undiagnosed. Okay. Um, Things like weight changes mm-hmm. um, can be a big one with cats or if they're changing in drinking or urination. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's lots of different things that can be very subtle with cats that can be actually a big problem.
0: Okay, so that's good because I do think that cats are challenging as far as bringing them to the vet. It's always stressful. They scream the whole time. Can you get them in the cage? Did you get the cage out and they disappear? All the things that make it extra challenging, so it needs to be extra motivating as to why it's important, and I do believe they're great at hiding problems for sure. They're wonderful at
1: hiding problems, but the other thing to think about is ask your vet if they'll come to you. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of vets in the area that do travel or have a mobile service, um, and that takes a lot of the stress out of a cat visit. Yeah, Um, is having it done in the comfort of their own home. They don't have to get in the carrier. You don't have to fight with them for an hour or crawl under the bed. Um, Yeah, the vet just shows up at the house
0: and we can do it there. Yeah. And I think that's a great I think that's a great service for cats in particular, but also dogs. I mean, I feel like I'm all over the place with my topic here. But I uh, as far as when we talk about coming to the vet and prevention, um, you know, Getting your animal comfortable with the vet is just as important as anything else. Yeah. And um, if you have a dog that even seems remotely shy or concerned about the vet, what recommendations do you have?
1: There's a couple of them. Um, One is to try to hold off on any kind of scary procedures that may need to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like nail trims Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily need to be done at the vet clinic where other more scary things happen. Right. Um, And nail trims can be absolutely terrifying for dogs.
0: Yeah, they really, they can freak out. Yep. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if your dog is a little bit more skittish, stop by and... Ask for some treats, yep. um, or if your vet doesn't have treats, bring treats mm-hmm. um, and make it a really fun experience. Where every time they walk in that building, they get something absolutely delicious that they don't get at any other time, right? Um, so when they pull into the parking lot, they're not quivering; they're excited, yeah. Um, at least to walk through the doors, and then if they're comfortable in the lobby, try to see if you can walk them through an exam room. Yeah,
0: I, I don't I imagine all veterinarians would be totally fine with. And I apologize if I'm wrong. <laughs> With this type of practice, because I think it makes uh, veterinary professionals' lives better, and also the dog and the owner better. Yeah,
1: and honestly, our physical exams are more reliable. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very challenging to do a thorough physical exam on a dog who's nervous. Sure. Uh, Their whole body is tense. They're shaking. They're quivering. I can't adequately... or. I can't do a great abdominal palpation to right. feel organs and things like that because right. they're tense. Or right. I can't always check a great range of motion, mm-hmm. um, especially in dogs who don't like their feet touched. Um, yeah. You can't really manipulate their joints appropriately. Right. Um, so there's a lot of things that fear can do to a physical exam. It elevates their heart rate. So right. we're getting abnormal readings there. It can even cause a mild fever. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Definitely fear can do all sorts of weird things to a good physical exam.
0: Yeah, and I feel like we see dogs in a hospital setting as babies for their, you know, multiple sessions of vaccinations. And then often we don't see them for at least a good six months, if not more. Um, and that time is a very influential time in their life Definitely, where maybe you could be stopping into your veterinarians once a month, even just for some cookies to try to make a difference because if we can keep that trend, yep. um, and maybe even keep that going if your dog is a little bit more shy.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially during that developmental period where they're growing, they're socializing, they're figuring out the world around them. Mm-hmm. We see them once a month. For their vaccines as puppies when they're happy and excited and we can use all the treats and they don't care about needles and
0: yeah it's fun 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 things
1: like that yeah. and then we don't see them back until they're older and then that's normally a pretty major day where they're getting spayed or neutered yep um and that turns into a big ordeal for them so um if we can see them multiple times up until that point and have them be fun visits for them, then yeah. hopefully when that neuter comes, it's not so scary. Um, they're yeah. used to us by then. Um, they're, there's familiar faces. There's familiar scents. They know what the back of the clinic looks like. Yep. Um, they have been in a kennel for five minutes and can handle that. Yeah. Um, all of those things can make a day, a, a day that they have to spend at the clinic a better day.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important if you do either adopt a dog that has some fear issues, or you start to see these. Even even if they're only at the vet, you start to see these somewhat fearful things, body language from your dog. You can't. He doesn't want to come in the door. All, um, you know, he cowers in the corner when they try to touch his ears. Whatever. I I will. Or or you're seeing it elsewhere at home or anything like that. Bring it up and don't let it get bad. I think that's super important. I mean, I think, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the big thing
1: that I will tell owners in those situations is, in those situations, I can't help your dog. Um, If they come in because... Something happened and they have a broken leg. I'm very limited in what I can do for them. Yeah, because um, they, it
0: will that fear will escalate.
1: Yeah, it can definitely escalate. And the kindest
0: dog, it's it's not it's not uh, that the dog isn't a nice dog. It's probably a wonderful dog. It's just so scared,
1: terrified, and painful. Yeah. And those two can be a really scary concoction for yeah. um, any professional that's working with them.
0: Yeah. So everybody wins if we start doing all this prevention now. Yep. Even if it's an adult dog that develops some type of um, fear of coming into a clinic setting. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Um, just remember that Dr. Gisleson is in the studio to take any questions that you might have animal related at 963-2976. I mean, it is guinea pig. National Love Your Guinea Pig Day. Did you want any talk? Did you,
1: talking I think points that's there? That's in um, March.
0: Oh darn! Well, <laughs> next month we can discuss it. You know, I okay. did have guinea pigs as a child. You did. I love them. I did not. Okay, well, <laughs> it, they're they're wonderful pets. I believe it. They make a wonderful noise. They do. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. Uh, <laughs> so. Um okay so we we touched on that kind of thing and and the same goes to cats actually frankly bringing your kitten people don't do it but no. you can train kittens that's impressive they have the capability
1: of doing just about as many tricks as a dog can yes
0: and traveling and walking on a leash if you want to be that person which is awesome by the way um i you know i didn't do any of that with my cat um and i you know paid paid the price <laughs> but uh but I mean I've seen cats that learn how to fetch and do all that stuff so you can get them totally ready to come to the vet and travel and do all this stuff definitely it, yeah. but
1: it needs to be a fun experience for yeah them.
0: yeah so um and any and struggles I mean you know talk to your veterinarian and get a house call or something like that yep so moving forward then when you talk about an aging dog I guess we're not talking about prevention And wellness, but we are in the sense of like, when do you start really doing more than just that annual physical exam?
1: Yeah, so I would recommend any patient over seven. Um, That's kind of the generalized recommendation for um, dogs and cats. It's kind of when they go from adult to senior. Um, It's a little bit different, I would say, for giant breed dogs, um, like your Great Danes or your Mastiffs. Um, they age faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so the recommendation there, I would say, would more be over five. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that's when we want to do things like annual blood work, mm-hmm. um, looking at liver and kidney function, um, screening urinalysis. Um, all of those kind of help us look at the metabol- metabolic function of those patients okay. as well as a good physical exam. Um We also like to see them twice a year instead of once a year. For the physical part. For the physical exam. Yep. Mm -hmm. Things can change quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Older dogs can develop a change in how they're panting and it can be a sign of something called laryngeal paralysis. Mm -hmm. So that's something that can be, again, something subtle, but maybe it's just kind of a voice change and it's nothing that you really brushed off as a serious thing, but um, laryngeal paralysis can lead to crisis basically. Yeah. um, It can lead to a point where they have a hard time breathing. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are all things that we want to know about um, and help kind of prevent those crisis types of things right so even if we are actually diagnosing during those exams more so than talking about preventative care um, we're hoping to prevent worsening Mm -hmm. um, especially with arthritis or um, dental disease developing um, weight gain Mm -hmm. Um, all of those things are things that we are diagnosing more in those exams but we're hoping to prevent bigger problems
0: got you And along those same types of lines, what is the appropriate time to start your more uh, things like joint supplements and maybe some fish oils and things to sort of help? Is that before an animal has a problem or is that going to be once they start having a problem? A lot of times, honestly, it's once they start having a problem.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Because things are so subtle, a lot of times those problems have been there a while and they're harder to diagnose without doing things like x-rays every time. Um, The good thing there is that those products are generally very safe. Mm -hmm. Um, And often if you're feeding a good food, um, you're getting a lot of those added in the diet, um, without doing an added supplement. So, um, we don't want puppies and things like that on those. Um, but there
0: any, I've seen people come in and have like uh, a puppy and they're giving it some kind of multivitamin or is there any need for these types of extras?
1: Not typically. Most of the time, again, a good quality puppy food Mm -hmm. based on what size dog you're going to have small breed, large breed, Mm -hmm. um, medium um based on what type of that if you have a high quality puppy food you shouldn't necessarily need a vitamin
0: okay and does that go for kittens as well yes and the same for uh, i mean are are cats doing joint supplements and fish oils and things they can um again it's harder
1: to pill a cat um so luckily those come more so in like flavored powders that you can add to food okay um but Honestly, cats are one of the the biggest issues with them is arthritis as they get older. Mm-hmm. Um, they're critters that jump and run and do yes. crazy maneuvers all the time. Yes, um, that most cats by the time they're ten have arthritis. Mm-hmm. Um, so joint supplements can be
0: really really good for cats, and that's just another reason you don't want to uh, that you want to speak to the doctor as opposed to just putting them on it because if they don't need it, you're struggling potentially to get the cat to eat it yeah. and if they do you know it would be nice to know if it's necessary it's a necessary struggle exactly yeah. yeah definitely got it so um so coming in you know twice a year for the senior visit mm-hmm. um anybody over seven ish yep. um and then the once a year blood work and urinalysis why do you have to do blood and urine so the blood really lets us
1: look at the actual Um, values for certain enzymes for Mm -hmm. liver and kidney disease um, as well as electrolyte balances and what their red and white blood cell counts look like but also um, the urine sample allows us to say yes your kidneys are actually working they're concentrating the urine appropriately Mm -hmm. Um, or no it's really dilute there's maybe something bigger going on Mm -hmm. is there a urinary tract infection Mm -hmm. or um, so it kind of just allows us to complete the full picture
0: Okay. And, um, oh, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Darn it. I hate when that happens. Uh, okay. So, yeah, complete the full picture. Um, and, and again, same for cats. I know I'm covering both species, but yep. sometimes it's different. It can be. And I don't want to neglect the kitties of the world. No. Because they're super important too. They are. Yeah. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. <laughs> Yay! Uh, can I, I feel like this question gets asked a lot with older pets. Um, with the blood work and that senior visit, can you detect cancer? Are you going to be able to tell me if my pet has got some underlying horrible disease? Like, what... Not specifically for cancer.
1: Um, that's a common,
0: I, I. it's a common question.
1: Definitely a common question. Yeah. Um, so some of the things that we can see is if there is elevation in kidney values. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's kidney failure happening or cancer in the kidneys. Um, but what that means is it's the blood just isn't filtering out those products mm-hmm. as well. Um, mm-hmm. So we want to look into it more. Um, is there true kidney disease going on where... Things are starting to back up, and maybe that's why they're not feeling so well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another good reason to look at urine. Um With liver disease, if the liver values are elevated, um, then maybe we would recommend an ultrasound, Mm -hmm. um, an abdominal ultrasound to take a look inside the liver and see if we see something like a mass. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because there's elevated liver enzymes doesn't mean that it's a mass that's causing that. Um, So further diagnostics is normally what those abnormal test results mean. Okay. um, So that we can kind of nail things down to get a better treatment plan.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good information because I think that that is somewhat of a common misconception, also a common question. Um, you know, Yeah,
1: definitely. Just because somebody has normal blood work doesn't necessarily mean everything is normal.
0: Right. Right. And that's important to note. Yeah, I think the other thing, and I know this doesn't sound like it necessarily goes with prevention, but um, one of the other common things that particularly dogs seem to get are new lumps and bumps all the time. Definitely. And, you know, I feel like we see it more in like Labradors and stuff. but how concerned and how sort of um, quickly should people rush in and be getting things like that checked, you know, as opposed to waiting?
1: Yeah. So in general, I would say any new lump or bump, we want to check it out. Mm We want to kind of keep an adequate or accurate record Mm -hmm. um, of all of those lumps and bumps so that Mm -hmm. we know which ones are benign Mm -hmm. um, and which ones we may
0: need to worry about a little bit. Okay. So coming in at at the onset of a new lump or bump. Perfect. Okay. Um, And expecting that maybe they'll be poked and assessed. Yeah. Typically we
1: poke them with a needle um, Mm -hmm. and look at some cells under the microscope to see if it's something we need to worry about.
0: Okay. Okay. Good. I know some people get worried about lumps and some people kind of write them off because their dog has 30 of them and they're kind of like whatever. And I feel like, you know, checking them is... Not they're not always whatever, right? There are things that can be done. Definitely. Okay. Um, You know, we only have like a minute left. Do you have any more recommendations for pet owners as far as prevention, anything they can be doing um, for wellness and overall health for their pets? Um, there's definitely a lot of things. If you have
1: questions, there are some recommendations lately that have been changing, especially for our area in regards to heartworm disease. Um, oh, so if yeah. you have questions, ask your doctor. Um, ask your, your veterinarian. Um, so that would be the big one that I would bring up.
0: Yeah, heartworm disease has seemingly The trend is changing. Yep. The recommendations are changing. Yeah.
1: The prevalence is increasing in the state. So um, they're recommending more and more that dogs are on year-round prevention.
0: And I know we've been really spoiled here in this valley that we haven't had to use heartworm medication for our pets. But, um, I mean, it is an easy thing to do to keep them safe. Definitely. And is how necessary, speaking of, since we do have a moment, how necessary is flea and tick prevention here In the valley. It's more so ticks than fleas. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's less
1: disease spread by ticks here than in other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's probably some that we don't know about. So if you notice a problem, if you're noticing ticks on your dog, then definitely I would do that. If they're around other dogs where they could get things like nasal mites, um, then I would definitely also have them on that.
0: Or lice. Lice is a big one. Yep. Especially in the winter, actually. Yep. So, but then only doing it a couple times. Year round is still okay. the recommendation. All right. Well, I think that's it. And uh, thank you so much, Dr. Gisselson. Thanks and for having thanks me. thanks for listening. Yeah. And we will be back the next third Thursday of the month. All right. Thanks so much.